Hi, Caleb. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing well. What are you drinking tonight? Tonight, I am drinking a solstice. It's from the PDT book. Uh, it's very red oh. uh, and uh, slightly topical. So, yeah. How about you? What are you drinking? I uh, created a drink, so I rely on the audience to help me name it. Its constituent parts are apple cider, bourbon, lemon juice, and maple syrup. So it is a fall a fall drink to uh, deal with daylight savings. Yeah, now you, you've DOS'd me, though. Now I'm, I'm starting to think of names for it, and I'm not thinking about our program. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, so getting myself back on track, uh, what would you like to talk about this week? I thought we could um, talk about the Solar City Tesla joint announcement that occurred uh, a couple weeks back. An extravaganza. Yeah, it was at the Universal Studios, and we haven't really talked about it much yet. At all. Yeah, the, the products are not fully shipping yet, uh, and some of them won't be out for many, many months. So um, we had a busy past couple weeks with the uh, earnings announcement and whatnot. So, yeah, I thought we could we could cover that and... Uh, Take a little drive down Wisteria Lane. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so this was the first time that they hosted an event at Universal Studios. Uh, and when that first came out, the uh, invite, I was a little surprised um, that they were hosting at Universal Studios because, A, I'd never known that anyone had... You could rent Universal Studios. Did you think uh, it was going to be the amusement park? I didn't know where. I I I don't know. I didn't know where it was going to be. I thought maybe one of the, the one of the theaters or stages. Um, oh yeah. But I, I didn't understand why they were going to do that until it became clear after photos started being released from the event <laughs> that we were going to the back lot. We were going to a back lot, and so it was the back lot of a TV show uh, called Desperate Housewives, um, and apparently it's been used for some other things, but. Um, so they, they sort of themed it as a backyard barbecue. Um, and, uh, did they have actual barbecue? Yeah, they, they had barbecue, they had food, they had drinks. Um, oh, nice. and so there were a whole bunch of homes, you know, fake homes in the back and, uh, it was staged just before sunset. And then, uh, Elon took the stage and relatively timely, they had a live stream as well, only a few minutes late. Um, so pretty good. Uh, he did have to uh, make sure not to be so late that the sun would go down so <laughs> there was a, a forcing function there of sunlight and uh, he got up and a few thoughts first it was extremely short uh the video uh the official video ended up being just around 18 minutes or so 16 17 18 minutes so really short introduction they kind of overcompensated from their usual meandering extra long performances yeah, it, it was, I was surprised how short it was. Um, and they had two products uh, that they discussed. Um, they talked about the power wall, and they talked about a new product, the solar roof, both of which were pre-announced as the topics for the uh, event, both on uh, previous earnings calls and tweets. Uh, so it wasn't a surprise event. Um, but there were two surprises. One surprise was that the homes were actually outfitted with the solar roofs. And um, some people in the audience uh, predicted it and noticed it, and many did not. Uh, a lot of the journalists in their post-event wrap-up articles uh, from major publications like Business Week and Forbes, uh, the people there were, were actually genuinely surprised that the roofs um, were solar. And so that sort of speaks well to their uh, aesthetics but we'll get into that a little bit more um and they they outfitted four of the homes and then they also had a model three 
uh, pop out of one of the garages, which seemed to get a lot of attention as well. <laughs> and one of the little radio flyers too. And the radio flyer, and uh, yeah, they. Uh, I, you notice they came out with um, summon, so there were no no humans inside those cars when they were driving out. So <laughs> well, this is the future, right? Yeah, homes of the future on Universal Studios backlot. Um, <laughs> But not a blue model home. That's unfortunate. Yeah, and no stairs. I would have liked it better to be in Sudden Valley. Yeah, that would have suited his uh, sense of humor a bit more. Um, <laughs> not sure he watched that show. So the the first product that I thought we could talk about, it's a little bit, um, I guess, more um, more concrete, is the Powerwall. So uh, Tesla, about a year or so ago, came out with Powerwall 1, which is essentially a home battery pack. Uh, that is useful for storing excess energy from your solar panels as well as from the grid if you need and can serve as um, a UPS essentially. So in case the power goes out, it can serve as a backup generator uh, of sorts. And it, it pretty much looks like a, one of those tool uh, storage things that go on top of your car but mounted vertically on the wall. Yeah, so the old one was a, a bit more um, curvaceous and... Um, alien obelisk-esque, <laughs> uh, and the new one is, is uh, recticular, rectangular, um, uh, so it's extremely uh, squared off and better use of volume. Have they talked about how many of those they have sold? It's It's been around for like, I think you said a year, was it a year or so? Have they? Very few were actually sold and delivered. Um, a lot of people who had ordered them, they kept getting their orders pushed back. So it, it really feels like they pushed the reset button on that product. Um, pretty early after releasing it. Um, so it's kind of a Windows 2.0 and like there's Windows 3.1 coming out now. Yeah, really, really quick. Um, and I actually was at the Tesla store in Palo Alto uh, yesterday and they had a Powerwall 2 in the store already. Oh, really? On the back wall. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to see it so soon. Um, and so you can go online and, and reserve it. And some of the major benefits of it now are twofold. One, uh, the actual battery inside is now twice the capacity so it goes from the powerwall one was a 6.4 kilowatt hour um, battery and the new one is just around 14 kilowatt hours um, and they claim that can power a two-bedroom home uh, for for a full day um, and i looked at my energy usage and i use around 11 kilowatt hours in my one-bedroom apartment so I would be able to uh, get by on that. Um, well, it's interesting to hear that, uh, like mentioned in the same context as the 60 to 100 kilowatt hour packs we're talking about for vehicles that yep. you could almost imagine having some sort of system where you plug in your Tesla to your home in a blackout and you could power your home for days if your Tesla is fully charged up. Yeah, um, I think that is one of the really surprising things considering how large the uh, power wall actually is um, that it is a pretty small battery compared to the cars um, and that you would you would um, uh, that it really isn't a great solution for charging your car um, because it, your car could easily absorb all that energy and and so it really is useful as a buffer um, for nighttime and and for your solar uh, excess where many states in the U.S. and um, uh, more and more around the world are, are now the grid is not wanting to accept power from solar pa panels or paying you for it at retail rates. Uh, and so for many customers who are generating lots of solar power, keeping keeping that power themselves is actually going to be more useful. And one of the other big benefits 
of the Powerwall 2 is that the battery uh, previously had to have a separate inverter, which can convert the DC uh, current to AC current and then also AC to DC if you're charging it from the grid. And now Tesla has been spending a lot of time building their own inverters. Elon Musk had been talking about on previous earnings calls that they had the best inverter technology and it went over the heads of many of the analysts. Uh, But this is one of the um, early times now we're seeing uh, the fruits of that uh, discussion of having a really good inverter because that previously added many thousands of dollars to the cost and now it's included. So at the same price essentially of just around $5,000, um, the, the power, power wall now has the battery double capacity and an inverter built in. So it's total cost um, is about half and you get double the storage. So really good um, value compared to competitive uh, battery packs for the home. And did they double this capacity by increasing the size of the power wall or is it more dense? It's more dense. Um, and, and also it, it is a bit larger, but it's also more dense. And this will be one of the, um, we think this will be one of the first um, products that will actually use the new cells that they're making at the Gigafactory. Um, and so when this starts shipping, this will actually be using new Gigafactory um uh, capacity. So these are being built at the Gigafactory and will be some of the first um, products using those new cells from Panasonic. So uh, taking advantage of those cost reductions and the capacity increases. It's interesting to think that you're, if you have a Tesla, if you have like a Model S and you, even if you have the, the base 60 kilowatt hour pack, that means you could actually charge up. Uh, I'm thinking about like this arbitrage where electricity is cheap at night so if you charge up your Tesla at night and, you know, usually you commute into the office, that's fine. But on days that you work from home, you could actually just completely take your house off the grid during the day. If you're working from home, power your home from your Tesla without actually draining your vehicle, right? Like you might maybe take like a quarter, uh, 20 or 25% of the charge out of your 60 kilowatt hour pack and, you know, have zero electricity costs for that day. It's, I mean, we're, we're probably getting into spending a lot of money to arbitrage like a very small amount of electricity savings but it seems it's just interesting to me that we're actually it's in the realm of possibility yeah and um they a lot of folks have talked about that and and um jb straubel the cto of tesla has talked about whether or not it makes sense to have um that scenario of the car being a battery for your home uh and and one of the challenges they've talked about um is that the the type of chemistry in the battery you want for that sort of deep cycling uh, and super, super frequent cycling um, at that level of sort of draining it and, and not uh, is very different than what they, they optimize the cars for. So for instance, the power wall is expected to go full all the way up to 100% essentially and all the way down to 0%. Um, and it has a 10 year uh, warranty, uh, unlimited discharge. So they are using a slightly different um, configuration for the batteries for those. Um, but I think longer term, it makes sense that Tesla will have a special charger that's connected to the power wall and it will be managing the sort of optimal amount of what's happening from your, your, your solar roof, from the grid and uh, the power wall and the car. And that one company having the capability of having software to manage all three of those or four of those actually um, is sort of why they think this is really important and why an integrated solution is really the only way that you could make all those 
coordinations happen where if you had four different companies managing those four different pieces, it'd be really difficult to actually build a system that would coordinate and make the right optimizations for, you know, just to your point of arbitraging electricity cost um, or, you know, trickle charging your car in advance of you going out or saying, okay, we've got a lot of solar energy being generated. Let's charge the car right now. Um, and I think that's the other really important thing too, is thinking about um, if you're during the day, you not, may not be using as much uh, electricity. Uh, maybe it's going to be drawing from the power wall and all of your solar energy is going to be going into your car. Uh, and so that instead of trying to sell it back to the grid, you're actually charging your car. Uh, so I think that's going to be one of the more valuable uses for it is sort of just as a buffer for your home at night. Um, and for many people, uh, oh, the other thing is you can daisy chain these power walls together. So you could get two of them if you have a much larger home or you happen to use a lot more electricity. Uh, and so, you know, the, the real scenario is you have solar uh, from the second product. We're going to talk about the solar roofs. And during the day that holds you over as it starts getting dark out, uh, the power walls will kick in, cover you through the night. Uh, most people don't use that much electricity at night uh, unless they're running their AC. And then uh, in the morning, it will start filling up again, um, either from the grid or from solar. So um, I just want yeah. to point out AC or heat. I don't want to be uh, too California centric here. That's true. California, it's it's more of an AC situation. But yeah, and it seems like this this whole thing is gonna it's gonna boost your prepper score too, right? If you're uh, if you have uh, you're off the grid, your your doomsday prepper score is gonna go up. Yeah, I mean the uh, the the possibility of having an off grid home now is is so much better. Uh, separate from actually having a Tesla vehicle though. That's, that's sort of the, the kicker is to have enough solar to actually charge your Tesla if you're off grid would be pretty difficult. Right. Um, but the idea of having, you know, the zombie proof uh, home where you can keep running your home and TV and all that, like obviously your internet might go down. Um, so you might need some, you know, stored video. Yeah, the EMP will have already taken all that out. <laughs> so I did the calculation. And so for me, I pay $1.36 a day in raw electricity costs, not for, you know, dealing with the hookup price and all sort of the base fees. Um, so it would take me a long time, uh, even if I could. I live in an apartment. It, I can't really install. A, I could I, I could install a power wall. You can put them inside. So I could put one in the home. <laughs> they need a power couch where you can actually yeah. just sit on the cells. Um, so I don't, I, I don't use that much electricity. Um, so at this point, it's still... Uh, for many people, isn't um, doesn't make sense on a raw economic just switching from the grid. So you really need it for other reasons. But certainly, many people buy generators. Um, many people do have uh, home home backup power if they're building a brand new home uh, in in an area where electricity is is more spotty. And certainly, for many countries around the world where um, they don't yet have a reliable power grid, um, being able to put in solar and a power wall or, or a power pack setup. Um, does make a lot of sense. Elon sort of equated it to the idea that uh, many countries leapfrogged having landlines uh, and went straight to mobile phones. Uh, he sort of could see foresee a path where many people who don't have electricity today um, would not rely on a traditional electric grid to be built, but would do it with localized solar and uh, battery storage. So I think it makes sense intellectually. I think it does make sense practically, um, but I don't think for many people it will be a um, a must buy product unless they're putting on solar uh, as well. 
I think he also mentioned that uh, landlines versus mobile phone in the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Before the Flood movie that Elon popped up in recently. Right. Um, I, I think he was the one who mentioned that. Uh, I think so. But anyways, um, the so the the one thing I wanted to touch on was the branding of this, where everything in the presentation was Tesla branded, right? Like there yep. wasn't any mention of Solar City whatsoever. Correct. So who is actually, whose tech is this? Is it, I mean, obviously the Powerwall is a Tesla technology and that there, there was a V1 of that that existed forever. How many dozens of people own one? But the solar panels, which I, I guess we, we haven't actually addressed those yet, but the the solar panels, is, is that a solar city technology? Is that a, is that a Tesla innovation? Is one of them making the cells or are they just integrating existing cells into this technology? Like how, how, how did that work? So from what we can uh, tell from the solar city, uh, Tesla earnings or pre acquisition webcast, they did that, um, Powerwall is 100% Tesla. Uh, they've been working on that and had that released way before the public announcements around the, the acquisition. Which is the battery and the inverter and yep. the, the wall mount. Okay. Totally Tesla. Um, so if it doesn't go through, no no change there. So that branding and product is uh, going strong with Tesla. Um, and apparently that should work with other solar panels as well. Um, the solar roof, the uh, that product is a solar city product. Uh, it has been developed with consultation from Tesla, um, and primarily the Tesla glass team, which has been, uh, spun up internally at Tesla for, uh, some of their future glass products, which are, uh, going to be used in the model three. Um, but the, apparently Elon thought about it as automotive glass and a lot of the good characteristics for automotive glass would be useful on the solar roof. Uh, and so he sort of loaned some of that engineering energy over to the solar city team. But in the event that that acquisition does not go through solar city, uh, will still make a solar roof themselves and they produce the cells in a, uh, and will be producing them in a new factory that they have in Buffalo, New York, uh, that the state of New York has been helping them build. And now they have a joint agreement with Panasonic, similar to the way Tesla has an agreement with Panasonic to work at Gigafactory for batteries. Uh, Panasonic also is one of the largest producers of solar panels. And so SolarCity and Panasonic are doing a deal to work at the Gigafactory in Buffalo, New York, making solar panels. Does that make sense? Making the uh, making specifically solar panels or making these the solar roof items? both okay. they will they will help with the cells which then go into a packaging for an individual roof tile or into an array for a solar panel that you would t typically think of okay um okay so i guess we should probably hit the second part of the announcement yeah. then which or the event which was the solar roof yes so um the challenge with many uh solar systems in the past has been that you have to, especially in residential solar, you take these solar panels that are these rectangular uh, arrays and you mount them to your roof. And in many cases, in almost every case, they are noticeably on your roof and are not your roof. They are added onto the roof and don't look that great. Um, 
they're sort of look great is relative, right? Most roofs have tar shingles on them. We're just, I don't think that necessarily looks great so much as we're accustomed to it. Sure. It's definitely uh, noticeable, right? It's, it's not an integrated right. product. It, it is something on top of, um, and uh, they are also something that has to be installed um, secondarily. So you have a roof and then you have solar panels added to it. Some people, like my parents, actually have them on the ground. Um, they happen to have a little bit of land in Montana. Land is not that hard to come by in Montana, so they didn't <laughs> want to put it on the roof. They, they put them behind the house um, where no one could see them. Um, so you can put solar panels in different places. Um, but they also then, as a result, sort of need to, they, they come in more standard shapes and uh, package sizes. So depending on how your roof is set up, there are some limitations about how many uh, solar panels you can fit. So the solar roof is actually making a roof that is solar uh, versus putting solar onto your roof. So it's combining the two products of a roof and solar panels into one, and they've done it through making shingles uh, that are actually uh, each embedded with the ability to have solar panels uh, and, and receive sunlight into them. And they've done four and shown off four styles. Um, so one looks like a Tuscan uh, tile, so those rounded red clay tiles, so it's in that style. They have a smooth glass one, which is black and shiny and quite modern. They have a textured glass one, which is probably the best approximation for a... Um, uh, you know, one step above a, uh, asphalt tile and then a slate glass one, which is supposed to look like a, a French slate tile, um, which is one of the most expensive roofing materials available if you're using a real slate roof. And, um, they look relatively good from the photos I could see. Um, and, uh, and, and what they've sort of pulled off here is the idea that, um, you, you choose this product when you're building your home or you're replacing your roof. And so what's interesting and sort of the clever hack here, if it, if it actually works out, is that when you buy a new roof, you usually have to figure out how you're going to pay for it, either through a home equity line or, um, you know, you've built up a, a fund to pay for it. And so you're already expecting to have to pay a relatively large amount of money for most people uh, to replace their roof. And so in this case, now there's a premium above and beyond that standard roof price, but their target is for that to be within the boundaries of what the electricity would cost you for the roof. Uh, and so that it would be a relatively economic neutral decision. And that's something they think will get a lot more people to choose to do it, where adding solar panels additionally to your roof um, is not necessarily in sort of the normal buying process, if that makes sense. That's their reasoning so far. Interesting. And so how efficient are these, uh, assuming these are going to be, uh, if they're just the shingles of the roof, they're going to be pointing wherever the roof is pointing based on wherever the house is located and say the pitch of the roof. Um, some homes have a lot of dormers and turrets and some homes, like maybe if you have like a big craftsman or something, you might have an enormous amount of surface area of of, of roof area, but it might not necessarily be pointed in the optimal direction. Like how do they deal with, with that where you can't necessarily point them the way you want to go? Yeah. So they, um, two, two, two points that came out of that one was that a much larger total percentage of the roof will be able to be solar, um, 
where for many homes putting solar panels is uh, it's not possible to cover every square foot of the roof with solar panels uh, in today's structures. And so uh, even though they may not be as optimally aimed for the sun, um, they will have a much larger surface area. And then for areas where there clearly is, is a, a very weak amount of sun, a big tree covering it or something, or uh, almost a vertical shingle, they will have blanks uh, that don't actually have the solar uh, panel component, uh, thus reducing the price um, as sort of filler um, oh, interesting. Steps and the and the uh, Tuscan tile. Apparently, the the light red ones are all blanks. So the Tuscan tile roof will most likely have the lowest amount of generation per square foot, um, and so that's on the sort of uh, surface area of the roof challenge. So they didn't say specifically, and and one of the challenges of the presentation overall was it was very lacking in specifics on pricing on these these very real issues of sort of the generation uh like how many watt hours will they generate um right but uh one of the other interesting components was like okay these now have this texture on them and all these other things these films on top how much penalty are you paying for it to look like a shingle uh versus a general um solar panel and their response was that there's only a two percent loss uh, for this film uh, being on top of it, which makes it look like a shingle. So that's a and 2% loss for transmission, not not for the like positioning. Correct. Okay. Yeah. In optimal com- conditions, uh, comparing them side by side, yeah. Do they say if they're using like like a Fresnel lens or something or, or some sort of coating like that that's kind of directing the sunlight depending on the, or no matter the angle onto the cell or is it, do they even go that 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 close that that deep in specifics they did um so for uh, sorry fortune actually got to speak with uh 3m so tesla is working with 3m on the film uh to make them look uh like these different materials so a, a scientist from 3m andrew Oderkirk, uh who helped develop this new film uh just for tesla uh said that they've worked really hard to both efficiently convert the sunlight into electricity and channel it into the cell and then also to appear you know a different color from the street so what they're using are what they're calling um micro louvers um and they're essentially they sort of equated it to the idea of uh, those films you might put on your uh, laptop uh, privacy shields, oh, so that yeah. if someone obliquely to you on the airplane can't see what you're seeing, and so that essentially they've designed that for the application of these panels, so that instead of it just being a blackout for you know uh, an LCD, it will look like a uh, this texture and look uh, opaque. But then when you uh, are actually above it, looking straight down from the sun's point of view, it's transparent. Yeah. So it's kind of like those lenticular um, prints where you rotate the angle of the print. It changes Mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. And and also that um, apparently they're working on a special printing technology so that each of the uh, individual roof tiles will be uniquely printed instead of uh, what you sometimes see with... um, those fake brick or fake stone where there's sort of seven patterns yeah. and, and they're actually all the same. Like the fake wood grain tiles. Yeah. Fake wood grain. Yeah. 
So apparently each of them is actually, you know, randomly unique to whatever the algorithm allows it to be um, so that each uh, individual tile won't have the same pattern um, so that, you know, it, it will more accurately uh, to the human eye look like a natural material um, where you can really pick up on that. And it's very subtle if you use those um, fake patterns that just repeat. But uh, th- I thought that was just a, a really good touch to really focus on, well, if you want to make a roof look good and try and compete with these high-end materials, you know, someone who could afford a slate roof anyways, uh, they are going to be concerned about what this looks like on their home. Uh, and so it's sort of, uh, my my question to, about all this is just, is it is it an uncanny valley situation? I think we talked about that uh, <laughs> recently of, it looks kind like, I think a lot of people who could afford a really nice roof or could afford solar panels as they exist today um, don't want to look have something look fake um, or uh, you know chintzy um, or cheap, and so I'm really curious to see what this looks like in person. Um, yeah. To to make a better assessment because. Is it just skeuomorphic? Like, is it just trying to look like slate and and it's failing? Yeah, but it seems like most building materials these days are skeuomorphic, anyways, right? Like, you've got pergo floors and you've got all these all these things that are simulating these wood grain like tiles now and uh, quartz. Well, maybe the quartz countertops are the coriander countertops. Like all these things that are simulating natural materials, but are cheaper or more durable um, or, or more useful in other ways. Yeah, and one of the other benefits uh, that they talked about a lot, and one of the benefits I find most appealing actually to the roof, uh, is that they're much more durable than than most roofing materials. So they're made of uh, quartz glass, and they should last much longer than asphalt tile. Um, and they the only boundaries they'd put would be two to three times as long. Uh, and so many roofs are specced for 20 to 30 years. So that would put it at 40 to 60 year life. Uh, for the glass tiles themselves and so for the actual tiles though like the the electronics might not necessarily last that long yeah i mean most solar panels uh are actually like extremely simple so i think that the challenge there would be like are there shorts or you know the connection to the grid um sorry the the grid that's going to be on the roofing itself and how durable that is right um but i think you know they they talk about as long as they don't get like broken, uh, many solar panels they 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 could have an indefinite useful life to keep generating energy. Um, and Elon even said like they should last longer than the house. <laughs> so that will be interesting to see. That jumped out at me too, though, because yeah, the like solar panel technology has has advanced quite a bit in the past twenty or thirty years. And uh, let's say you had a home automation system installed in the house that you bought 30 years ago, and it was really great 30 years ago. But, you know, nowadays you realize, hey, this is a Commodore 64 based uh, system that has like three buttons. This is no longer very cool when other people are talking to their homes. I don't know that having a 30 year lifespan with with technology that's advancing so quickly is necessarily a selling point. I guess the only thing I'd push back on there is that unlike a Commodore 64 where the uh, applications for that over time clearly outpaced what the Commodore 64 could do, you know, what you want to do on it changes. The the functional difference between a higher efficiency panel and these would be electricity generation. So, you know, the your stove and your refrigerator don't care which electrons it's coming from. Uh, it, 
it doesn't discriminate against them. So if your home is correctly, uh, is, if your home's electricity needs don't change much over that 20 or 30 years, then there's no real incentive to need to upgrade your solar roof uh, because you would have enough electricity generation for your needs. Right. And if anything, the electricity generate the electricity needs of most homes should go down over time <laughs> as the efficiency improves on the electronics within. Right. So if anything, you will be oversized electricity wise. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Did they mention anything about, for lack of a better phrase, the like Christmas light effect? If you have all of these tiles on your roof and, you know, the neighbor kid hits a baseball and one of them breaks or something happens to one of them, does that actually short out your whole roof? Or is maybe we're getting too much into the weeds here, but like, you know, does does the roof still operate in a degraded state? They didn't talk about it specifically, but... um the way they described it on uh, Twitter after the fact was that the individual roof tiles snap into some substructure. And so my belief there is that uh, each individual tile must be working in parallel like new Christmas lights. Uh, and so you could snap in <laughs> new ones because the same way that uh, it would then allow you to put in these dummy tiles if needed. Um, so I would expect that you'd be able to switch them out if, if something happened um, or that if they're, you know, occluded, then they're they're not going to be helpful. Um, so, yeah, they um, they also showed, you know, a video of uh, dropping, a, a I think, maybe a one or two kilogram weight on a few different uh, tiles. But, you know, <laughs> it's not a surprise that uh, a quartz glass tile uh, wouldn't necessarily shatter the same way as a, a piece of terracotta. But good i guess the other thing about the durability is um uh if you have to get on your roof and it's glass i'm curious about the uh <laughs> slipperiness um being a little bit different but that might help in the cold climates though like just taking all the water and snow right off of well, the roof. one of the other things he did mention on twitter was that they're 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 going to have the ability to build in heaters so that um for homes that would have snow load on top it would actually melt the snow so that you can uh keep generating electricity so many homes in the Northeast would not uh, have as much snow on them anymore. I wonder if that would be uh, a net positive or would you use all the electricity that you're generating to, to burn off the snow? I, I don't know. I would, uh, we'll have, we'll have to run some of the math or, or have someone run it. <laughs> um, a couple things that I wanted to understand. So how big is the market for this? So, um, there are around 125 million U S households, um, so some of those obviously would be in multifamily homes or townhomes where solar panels might not be a good fit. Um, but just on a rough order of magnitude, you know, 125 million roofs uh, in the residential market. And then you've got, uh, so then the question is, okay, how many new homes are built every year that would potentially need new roofs or like need a roof in the first place? Uh, and, and in the U.S., that's been declining uh, from around a million at the peak in 2007-ish to uh, last year, 715,000 single-family homes were built in 2016. So that's 715,000 roofs uh, potential. So way smaller new, uh, like, so if you think about like roofs versus cars, far, met, far fewer new roofs built each year than new cars sold, uh, even though roofs are cheaper than cars. So. So th those are new though. How many like roofs or, or as we say in New England, roofs get replaced every year? Five million. Oh, wow. So five million roofs are repaired every year. And that's because there's quite a lot of roofs that need, you know, 
roofs have a, the 20 to 30 year useful life. Uh, and so on the installed base, yeah. In more difficult climates too, you're probably going to be replacing your roof more often. So the CTO of uh, SolarCity said that they would love to get to 5% of uh, roofs installed in the US each year. So that would come out to around 250,000 a year. And if you, the average roof in the US costs around $8,000, seven to $8,000. Uh, it can vary, but the best I could find was seven to 8,000 as sort of the average price. So I doubled that um, to account for it being a more premium roof and also that um, it's gonna clearly be more expensive. Well, there'd be a lot of electrical wiring and stuff that would have to take place as well that yeah. wouldn't normally happen. The installation is clearly going to be a little bit more uh, labor intensive and, and specialized. So, okay, so you say it's 20,000. If you do 250,000 roofs times 20,000, that's only $5 billion in revenue. Um, and so Solar City only did 400 million in revenue last year. So that would be quite a lot more than what they've done. But Tesla did 4 billion in 2015. So I just, I'm not so sure even if they get 5% market share, which would be a lot of roofs, um, I, it doesn't look like that huge of a business. So right. uh, I don't think this is going to be that massive of a... Well, this is US too, not not global, right? There's, sure. there's a global market. And, and then you can start working with governments too to get into government incentives where if, uh, I mean, especially if you have like state power, like if you have state provided electricity, then incentivizing people to uh, electrify their roofs in this manner would reduce the number of power plants that are needed. Uh, so, I mean, I, I feel like there, there could be some sort of more wide societal outreach yeah, I think that the thing that stood out to me was that th you need quite a lot of penetration of this for it to really make a difference for Tesla uh, business-wise, and that um, there's currently around 1 million homes today in the U.S. that have solar panels. So I think this makes a lot of sense as a, I, I do believe that this is a better option for many people to have solar be a part of their uh, electricity generation usage at home than deciding to add solar panels. Like I think the, right. the headroom or the, the ceiling on people who are willing to add solar panels above and beyond uh, their normal roof is, you know, X. And the people who would be willing to put a solar roof on uh, their house is like 50, 60 X. I, I really think that um, most people do not think about their roof as something they you know, put much thought into besides they need to replace it. So you certainly don't want the neighbors like commenting on your obnoxious roof. Right. And Elon even said that he thinks that it will be so good that people will brag about how nice their roof is with solar roofs. So I think he's a little bit nuts there. Um, I, I don't think is there are even like zoning things too, where, where you might need some sort of like zoning permission to install like distinct panels but actually if you're just replacing the tiles or shingles you can just do that without any sort of pre-approval yeah possibly i think it, i think it could be that you wouldn't necessarily need architectural review in certain communities um but it, you know obviously you need to make sure your roof fits the color and tone um and apparently they're only gonna have two of the designs to begin with and uh, they plan to do their first uh installations of the solar roof next summer so this was definitely sort of a pre-announcement uh, in advance of the Solar City acquisition. Um, but you know, Elon Musk said, you know, the future is going to be overwhelmingly solar plus battery. Um, 
and that they believe they will have the best solar cell at the lowest price. That's what he told Leonardo, too. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's, he's using the same lines in, uh, in a couple places. <laughs> um, so I, I think it does fit in with their overall goal and mission. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, for our, our context, the Model 3 is certainly going to be a much larger contributing factor to Tesla's success than the solar roofs will be uh, from a financial point of view. Definitely. Although apparently this is going to contribute possibly to the construction of the Model 3. So, yeah, yeah uh, there, there, is, there is technology that is being shared uh, between the both of these products, which we will talk about in a future episode. Oh, good tease. So uh, any final thoughts here or do you want to wrap this up? I would just say that I, it is going to be interesting if this solar city acquisition goes through which we will also talk about more in the future i do think it will be unusual for me to start having to think about tesla as more than a car company and i am curious about what that does for the brand overall but uh i still think they will primarily be about vehicles and these uh other products will be supporting actors for that um, primary product, uh, similar to the way that the Apple is now, uh, much to the chagrin of many of its followers, the iPhone company. Um, <laughs> I still think Tesla will be a vehicle company primarily, and these other products support that mission. Uh, yeah, it all it all goes together, right? It's not like they all of a sudden announced a smartphone. Yeah, but I, I think that there there was a case where this product. Uh, that, that, you know, the energy market is certainly larger than the automotive market. And there, there are ways that they potentially could play much a larger role in the energy market. And I don't think the residential solar roof is how that's going to happen. Their power pack is certainly much more interesting from that. And Elon Musk had said that they believe that the energy business could be much larger than the automotive business. Um, but I just don't think it's going to happen from the solar roofs based on the back of the envelope math. Um, where the utility grade stuff makes a lot more sense, but that's certainly a lot less sexy. <laughs> less sexy than utilities? Come on. It's hard, hard to, hard to um, do worse than utilities and sexy factor. <laughs> awesome. So if, if anyone wants to, uh, to reach out to us and comment on their thoughts on this uh, Wisteria Lane solar event, where can they reach us? Uh, you can tweet at us at the Tesla show on Twitter uh, you can leave a comment on our website, theteslashow.com, and we are on Reddit at r slash theteslashow, so you can post a comment on each of our episodes we post there. And please uh, chip in and name Caleb's drink for this yeah. evening. And uh, yeah, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or leave us a review if you care to do so. Other than that, we will talk to you again shortly. All right. Bye, Mike. <laughs>